Um, well, thank you again for coming uh, this Christmas Eve with us. We, we as a church, we've been walking through a series called Behold. And you may not say that word in your daily vernacular, uh, but the word behold, this idea of behold is, behold is what you do when you see something and it stops you dead in your tracks and your attention is arrested upon it. It, it captures imagination. It stirs up affections. It leaves you in awe and wonder and, and wanting to go tell other people about it. The season is full of beholding. That's what we've been doing for probably 30 days, if not more. We behold things like lights and programs and parties and, and toys and food. And we will behold the faces on our children tomorrow morning, won't we? Yes, we will. And, uh, and those are all right things to behold. But there's something that we are called to behold that f- far surpasses all other things in worth and value. And that is to behold Christ. To behold Jesus Christ. So before we, this morning, take communion, light the candles, sing Silent Night, go home, shake some boxes. Before we do that, uh, we're going to look at the testimony of John the Baptist regarding the coming of Christ. And we're going to see three things. We're going to behold Christ the Lord, behold Christ the Lamb, and behold Christ the Light. Let's do those three things together. We're going to try to stay around an hour, season of Christmas miracles, so stay with me. (laughs) Behold the Lord. Now, in John 1, we meet a man named John the Baptist. Really, his name's John, but they call him John the Baptist, and his purpose was to prepare the world for the arrival of Jesus. That's what his existence for. Let's look at John 1, 23. He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. What did the prophet Isaiah say 700 years before the birth of Christ? Well, here's what he said, Isaiah 43. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. John the Baptist was the morning star that heralded the arrival of the rising sun that was Jesus Christ. His sole purpose for existence was to tell people, to bear witness of who Jesus was and that he was coming into the world. Church, it's no different for us. This is the sole purpose of the existence of every Christian to bear witness, to give testimony in our lives. It's why we were born. It's why we live, to tell people who Jesus is and that he's coming back again, right? Amen. That's why we, that's what, we're very much like John the Baptist here. And this is what he did with his entire life. He spent his entire life waking up the world to this baby that came on Christmas morning. It's like, behold, behold, behold. This is not just a baby. This baby that was born of a virgin in an appointed animal trough that needed to be nursed, take naps, burped, swaddled, was not just a baby. This was the God of all galaxies. The one who made man was made a man. This is the invisible God made visible. Make no question about this. This is the incarnation. Without the incarnation, 
Christianity does not exist at all. Doesn't. Think of it in, in regards as a, like a theological appendix. It's not unnecessary. You can't you know, just take it out, whatever. No, it's, it's the heart of Christianity. And if you take out the incarnation, there is no Christianity. This is everything. This is essential. And John is wanting to tell us to stop this morning. Behold the fact that this baby is Christ the Lord. Behold the Lord. The Lord came. Now, why did he come? That's the next question. Why did he come down to us? Well, Christ the Lord did not come so we could just have a once a year nativity scene on our lawns. He came to give us the hope of eternity for our lives. And the way that he does that is through a lamb. Let's look at the second thing. Behold the lamb. John 1.29 says this, The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So when John saw fully grown adult Jesus, he sees him. Notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, behold the religious man. Behold the great example that we're all called to live by. He doesn't say, behold the great teacher that is Jesus. He doesn't say, behold the life coach, the cash cow, the kick butt king. He didn't say that. Doesn't say, behold, the healer, the miracle worker, the touchdown maker, or the giver of best life now. It's not what he says. The reason he said he was, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, because we needed a lamb the most. That's what we need the most in Jesus is a lamb. Behold the lamb. Now, this lamb, as he points out, Jesus the lamb, John the Baptist would have been well aware of all of the lambs throughout the history of Israel, dating back to even the lamb that was offered by Abel in Genesis. He would have known about all the other lambs, the thousands and thousands of lambs that were slaughtered prior to the 10th plague as God's people were being delivered from Egyptian slavery. He would have known about the innumerable numbers of lambs that were slain year after year after year as they obeyed God's law. He required an animal lamb blood sacrifice to atone for their sin. But on this day, John says, behold the lamb, not a lamb, the lamb. He, he's pointing to the lamb that all the other lambs point to. Two, he says, this one, he's the one. He's the final lamb. He's the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Again, the lamb of God didn't come to take away sickness. Didn't, didn't come to take away suffering. He didn't come to take away pain or poverty. He came to take away sin because that is what our greatest problem is. So what my greatest problem is, it's my sin. It's a threat to me more than anything else. 
It's the greatest problem we all face. This problem of sin is greater than, the, than who the president is. It's a greater problem than the present you may not get tomorrow. This is a greater problem than all the difficult people in your life who disagree with you, including the libs and the LGBTQ. Greater problem than all those things is sin. It always has been. In fact, uh, we're all, let me put it this way, and kids, I'm, I like to pull you in here. Listen, we're all born on the naughty list. <laughs> we're all born on the naughty list. All we try to do is grinch the glory that belongs to God. Kids, now what do they try to do? They try to peel back the wrappers on the, on the Christmas presents paper, trying to look into it. Parents come to go to bed. Well, you get up and try to sneak down and see Santa, right? It's what we do. We disobey. That's what we do. We're all born on the naughty list. And then, that, of course, as we grow, our sin grows with us. As we grow into adulthood, we start to, we start to look at the world and follow what the world does. And we start to chase our dreams and follow our heart and do what's right in our own eyes. That's what sin does. We all have it. It's in us, it's on us, and this sin consumes us. Sin separates us from God. Sin sentences us to a life without God now, and it sentences us to a death forever and ever. You know that there's nothing more weighty, there's no more heavier thing in the entire universe than your sin. You, you, you and I, we can't carry one white lie into the kingdom of God. It'll crush us. We can't carry it. The load is too much to bear. We need something to take it away, but the reality is there's nothing that can take away our sin. Nothing can take away our sin. Moralism can't take it away. That means just trying to be a good person. Uh, humanitarianism can't take it away. That's like trying to do good deeds, tipping the Salvation Army guy at Walmart or the homeless popper on the side of the road with a cardboard sign. That don't take away sin. You can't give clothes to Goodwill or give blood to Red Cross. It still won't take away sin. Well, let's talk about religion. Can religion do it? No. There is no pope. There is no priest there is no pastor there's not even a pretend place called purgatory that can take away your sin not an infant baptism and not an adult baptism not a religious resume of good attendance of of giving and serving in an organized church none of those things will take away sin time won't take away sin feeling bad or guilty or shame won't Take away your sin. There is only one sin bearer and sin eraser in the world, and it is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. He's the only one. And he does it. He takes away the sin of the world. And notice, he takes it away. It's not he took it away. He takes it. That's an active form of the word take, and it simply means this. Jesus takes away your past sin and your present sin and your future sin. And why does he do that? Because you and I needed a savior. We need one today because we're still sinners and we're going to need one in the future because we know we're going to continue in sin. Jesus, I'll take it all. I'll take away the sin. And when he takes it, 
He doesn't just dust it under the divine rug so that no one can see it. He takes it off of you and he puts it on him. It ain't too heavy for Jesus. He can take on the sin of the world. His hands are huge, his shoulders are strong and nothing will take him from taking your sin. He takes it. He who knew no sin became sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God and sinners reconciled all because the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. For whom does he do this for? According to the text, John says he takes away the sins of the world. Now, before you start going down a pathway of universalism, thinking that Jesus' death on the cross meant that he saved everybody in the world, hold on. When John said that he takes away the sins of the world, he said he doesn't mean everybody. He means everyone regardless of either being a Jew or a Gentile, white or black, Hispanic, Asian, or Middle Eastern. It don't matter. He says, I can take them all away. It's not just for the Jewish people. It's for the white, the black. It's for the rich, the poor, the uneducated, the educated. It's for the one who grew up in church and for the one who grew up on the streets. It does not matter to Jesus. He can take away the sins of the world for all who believe that the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. I think John is just, he's just pointing at us this morning in 2023 at Life Point Street Creek. He's just like, behold, 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 behold the Lord, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Believe, behold him, believe in him, be saved by him and be changed by him. For those who are here this morning I want you to know this good news is worth believing, it's, it's worth living for, and it's worth dying for. That's how good it is. For those who believe, we're going to show that we believe by partaking in the Lord's Supper. I'm going to ask the deacons to go ahead and come on up, and we're going to have a few moments to reflect upon the Lamb of God who was slain. Before we do this, um, let me say a couple things. We're going to have a lot of meals over the next couple of days. They're going to be good meals, great meals. Um, but for the believer, this meal right here far exceeds them in importance and meaning and value. And so we're going to, this is an open communion, of course, for anyone who is a believer in the room. If you're not a believer or your child is not yet confessed their belief in the Lamb of God, we would ask them to hold off. This is not just a tradition thing for them. You can have a great conversation on the way home. But this is also to be done during a reflection. So here's what's going to happen. These guys are going to pass out uh, the elements. And for the first, first part of it, maybe like a minute or two, I want you to only, only to reflect, to look back at the sin in your life. Don't go anywhere else. This is, a, this is an exercise that I do all the time. I just sit and I think about the weight of my sin in my life and what I deserve. I want us to spend a few minutes right there and then I'm gonna segue into the second part of that right in the middle. So take the elements, hold on to those, reflect, and I'll lead through the rest in just a moment.
once you have searched the secret places of your heart, I want you to turn to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and allow that weight to move and to shift onto Christ and free you up. Father, we, uh, we confess that we have sinned against you. Father, we acknowledge that you know the secret places in our hearts and our minds. You know everything that we've ever done, that we are doing, and what we will do. There's no hiding place safe on the earth from sin in your eyes. But God, praise be to the Lamb who came to take away the sins of the world. Thank you, Christ. We pray all of these things in his precious and holy name. Amen. So church, as we take the elements, let's do so in a a celebratory toast to the Lamb of God. To the body of the Lamb broken for our sin. To the blood of the Lamb of God. Amen. Amen to that. That was my third time taking communion today. I probably won't need lunch today. Um, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Hey, let me, uh, let me close this out with the, the last thing I want us to see this morning. And that is to behold the light. Christ the Lord became Christ the Lamb so that he could become Christ the light. Look at the beginning of John's gospel. This is what John the Baptist said, John 1, 4. In him was life, and life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John the Baptist believed all of these things about who Jesus was, that he was the Lord, the Lamb, and the light. And why this is good news for us this morning, and while the season tells us that everything should be merry and bright, The reality of it is, it can feel a lot more gloomy and dark. There's the gloominess and the darkness of the world that we live in that does not honor Christ as these things today. There's that gloom, there's that darkness, and then there's the the darkness and the gloom that is within us right here this morning. 
the gloom and the darkness of trials, sickness, suffering, drama, division, dissension. It's all around us and it's all in us. But here's this good news that Christ wants us to know this morning. That if you believe in him, if you behold Jesus and you believe in him, he is the light of the world. That he not only lights up the darkness of the world, but if you believe in him, he puts that light inside of you. That no matter what you're walking through in your world, the light is inside of you and it cannot be put out. It's also a light of the world that is not meant to light up just in our own homes. This light is the light of the world. And the light in us is supposed to be shine that all of the world will see. This is our live sent speech at LifePoint Church. 